Who hurt you? Who betrayed you? Who is it that lied to you? Or lied about you? Was there someone in your life that was supposed to care for you? Someone you trusted? Someone you respected? But they hurt you. Who is it in your life, whether last week, last month, or years and years ago, caused so much pain in your life that it still comes fresh to your mind today? What do you do with that? What would God have you do with that? We're going to talk about that today. Would you pray with me, Father? Thank you so much for today, for the privilege that we have to be together, the privilege that we have to start our day, to start our week, worshiping you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, I pray for every person in this room, those that will attend next service, those that are watching online right now, those that will watch online later, that you have your way in hearts and lives as we open up your word. God, give us faith. to forgive. We love you and we say thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. We're in a message series called Healthy Relationships, Healthy Marriages, Healthy Dating. And today we are going to look at what I believe is an essential ingredient for any healthy relationship that you have, will have, or even had in the past. We're going to talk about the real F word, forgiveness. God was the original designer of the original F word, and it's a powerful, powerful word. It's a word that I think many under, misunderstand. I think some of us struggle with it. Some of us don't know how to navigate it. But today, we're going to uncover some of that. And let me just tell you, I believe that today is going to be a difficult day for some of you. I really do. I believe it's going to be a challenging day. It, it, this, this could be a heavy one today. But I've also discovered that on the other side of difficult, oftentimes, we find our best. We find freedom. We find some joy. We're going to look at the words that Jesus spoke in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. If you have your note sheets, you can follow along. It's also up on the big screen. You can take your notes today. We're going to kind of set the stage for today, set the stage for what we're doing today. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was trying to help them understand that in this life, they would be hurt. The best part of life is people. The most challenging part of life is people. And because people are people, we're going to get hurt, and we're going to be disappointed, and we're going to hurt others, and we're going to disappoint others. And Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples with that knowledge. We start out in verse 1. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. There's another version that says it's impossible that no offense would come to you as an individual. In other words, let's not pretend it's not going to happen because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. People are going to hurt each other. And Jesus is trying to lay a foundation of what to do. And then he says in verse 3 through 5, So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. In other words, don't pretend it didn't happen. Deal with it. 
Because relationships are too important not to deal with, not to just put them off the wayside. As followers of Christ, what are we to do? We're to try to make things right. We're to try to reconcile. Our goal is always reconciliation because our God is a reconciler, right? It says, so if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Let them off the hook. Release it. Move on. Then Jesus says something that's incredibly challenging. Verse 4, even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and in a day and seven times they come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Can you imagine the disciples hearing that? I don't know how it fits in your ear. But when I hear it, it's like, have you ever heard this? Hurt me once, shame on me. Or shame on you, hurt me twice, shame on me. You ever heard that? That kind of sounds right to me, doesn't it? And yet Jesus comes along, he tells his disciples, hey, even if they sin against you seven times in one day, I'm like, come on. Seven times in one day? Like, I don't even know if I want to give you seven times in my life to hurt me, but seven times in one day, and that's what you want me to do? But if they come back and they apologize and they repent seven times in a day, Jesus says, forgive them. And then look at the verse five. I love this. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Like, we don't think we're there yet. Like, like Jesus, we hear what you're saying. It sounds good kind of coming out of your ears, but God, you got to increase our faith. I don't know if I can do that. Can we just agree that we need more faith to forgive the way Jesus wants to forgive? Let me ask you again, who betrayed you? Who lied to you? Who is it that lied about you to someone else and it came back to you? Who is it that you trusted? Maybe as a child you trusted another adult, a teacher, and they took advantage, they hurt you, they manipulated you. You know, I think most of us are pretty good if somebody does something pretty minor to us and they say, I'm sorry, we kind of forgive it and forget it and let it go. What about the big stuff? What about this painful stuff? What about that person that you admired, that your, your family trusted and, and they hurt you? What about the girlfriend, the boyfriend that lied about you, lied to you, destroyed your reputation? What about the parent that you worked so hard to please, but they always made you feel less than? Some of you have been told your whole life you'll never amount to nothing. You're just a big mistake. Yet we wish we had never had you. What do you do with that stuff? What do you do with a spouse that you trusted, but they broke your heart because they betrayed you? Who hurt you? And what do you do with that? How does that mesh with what Jesus is telling his disciples? Do we really need to forgive something like that? Does God expect me and expect you to forgive people that have hurt us like that? I don't even think they're sorry. They certainly don't deserve to be forgiven, and we're supposed to forgive them? Now, how in the world did you do that? What do you do if they're still hurting you? What do you do with that person or those persons that in your mind you said, I'll never forgive you? If you've ever been betrayed in a significant way, I don't necessarily know what it is for you, 
But I promise you, I do have some understanding in this area of life. Let me give you just a quick couple of quick examples from my own life. One example in my life is uh, my biological dad basically walked out of my life a few years after my parents' divorce when I was age eight. So probably from the time that I was 12 to the time I was 18, I'm pretty confident that I could count on one for certain two hands how many times I spent time with my own dad. He got remarried and got another family, and I was kind of, and my sister, my brother was older, but we were kind of just left behind. What's an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old kid say when his dad, his rock, doesn't come and visit you? You don't say, oh, he must be really busy. He's got a new family. He must be working all the time. What you say is, what's wrong with me? Another example of my life was a young man that my daughter dated years ago. Hurt her. We didn't find out about it till years afterwards. What do you do then? How do you forgive when you don't feel like forgiven? How do you forgive when you say, I don't believe they deserve to be forgiven? Has that ever happened to you? And you try to look at it from different angles, and you just don't see anywhere in your heart that you could choose to forgive because they don't deserve it. I mean, you hit it from every angle. I'm going to hopefully add an angle or two today for you. Speaking of angles, you ever, you ever vacuumed your house? I'm assuming you have. <laughs> but you're vacuuming your house, and you know I don't know how you do it. I like straight lines just because I'm picky. But anyway, you're vacuuming. And you're, there's that one piece of whatever on the carpet, and you can't quite get it, and, and you're doing it the best you can, so you hit it from a different angle, and it, what the heck, I'm supposed to have the best vacuum, so you hit it from another angle, and another angle, and that piece of lint, or whatever it is, is still there. Uh, you know what you do? You ever done this? You ever went over and finally, like, oh, I got you, and you look at it, and then what do you do? You put it back down, you give it another shot, don't you? <laughs> I do that. Yeah, you do it too. But what do you do with that person that's hurt you? And you've looked at it from several angles, and you just can't seem to find it in you to forgive. This message today is going to be painful for some, but I believe it also can be very freeing as well. So I hope that you understand that God tells us very clearly as followers of Jesus, make no mistake that he tells us that we need to forgive. In three different portions of Scripture, let's look at Matthew verse 43 and 44 of chapter 5. Jesus said, you've heard it that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, I, I, when I read that first part of that, I'm like, that sounds right to my ears. Love the people that love me. My enemies that hate me, I hate them back, right? Love the people who are nice to you and hate the people that are mean to you. That sounds right. He said that. You've heard that. But he didn't finish the verse there. But then he says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, that doesn't seem right. That is contrary to how our minds work, right? And then Paul said this in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, get this, 
just as in Christ, God forgave you. And then this next verse from Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, will stop you in your tracks. Listen to this, Jesus' words. He says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's how important forgiveness is. We're to forgive others like Christ forgave us. How? And what does it really mean to forgive? I think some people don't really understand what forgiveness is and what it isn't. So I want to start first by sharing with you what it does not, does not mean to forgive. What forgiveness is not. If you're taking notes, you can fill this in. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I've heard people say, oh, if you've forgiven, then you'd forget. No, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It doesn't mean that something miraculously happens and your brain is erased of any memory of it and it's just gone, like it never happened. That's not what forgiveness is. It's not like saying it never happened. It's not like just we sweep it under the rug. What so-and-so did to you, let's just act like it never happened. Just forget about it. Be a doormat. Let them do it again and again and again. That's not what it, and yeah, by the way, and anytime you see them post something on social media, put a little heart, you know, send them Christmas cards every year, no matter what they've done to you, you know, that's not what forgiveness is. You can actually forgive someone and create healthy boundaries still with that person. You can forgive one and someone and say, you know what, we need to go back and start to rebuild where we were before. We need to start to rebuild. We need to take baby steps and potentially move forward. It's not always forgetting. Let me tell you the second thing forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is also not, it's not fair. There's nothing fair about it at all. Forgiving somebody that hurt you, letting them off the hook, acting like you're okay, it's not fair. You know what makes sense in my world again? You hit me in the cheek. You got one coming. Right? That's what many of us live by. What did Jesus say? If somebody hits you in the cheek, turn your other cheek. That doesn't fit in my head. But that's Jesus' way. You hurt one of my children? Justice says, you got something coming back to you. Jesus says, pray for your enemies. You know how hard that is? Of course, I guess it depends on what you pray. (laughs) I pray for my enemies. I pray that they get incurable diarrhea, right? (laughs) I'll pray for you. I pray you get run over by a truck. That's what I pray. I mean, let's be honest. We're just being real, right? That's what comes naturally to me, and my guess is I'm not the only person. So forgiveness, as Jesus talks about, it's not fair. Whenever my daughter had the courage to tell us what had happened to her years before with a guy that she wasn't even dating any longer, you know the rage that went through a dad's heart? 
Because as a dad, we protect our daughters. As a dad, their pride and joy. The thoughts that went through my mind of what I wanted to do to him. I want fair, God. I want just two or three minutes with this guy. That's what I want, God. Forgiveness isn't fair. It's also not forgetting. You know what I find interesting? Somebody hurts somebody you love like that I just told you about. I want fair. I want him to get what he has coming to him. But when I do something wrong, I don't want God to give me what I deserve. I don't want him to be fair then. I want him to be just. I want him to be loving. I want him to be forgiving. Don't you? It's amazing how we don't want ourselves to be treated like we want to treat other people. If God was fair, I'd get what I deserve. God's not always fair, but he's always just. In fact, I love the power of Psalm 103, verse 10 through 12. It tells us that God does not treat us, get this, talking about believers, Christ followers. God does not treat us as our sins deserve. He's just, but he's not fair. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. In other words, you know what we deserve? We deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve punishment for all the sins, all the things that you've done wrong and I've done wrong. That's what we deserve. That would be fair. But God, through Jesus, gives us what we don't deserve. He offers us grace. He offers us forgiveness. Look at verse 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. This isn't like a Oh, I'm scared to death of God. It's a holy awe fear. As far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our transgressions from us. That's not fair. But I'm grateful that when I gave my life to Christ, he took all that Scott Winstead ever did wrong, and he cast them as far as the east is from the west. He forgave me. So it isn't, forgiveness isn't forgetting, forgiveness isn't fair, but let's look at what forgiveness is. If you're taking notes, forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. Forgiveness for a Christ follower is offering to other people the same grace that God offered to you. Have you been forgiven of anything? If you're a Christ follower, listen, yes, you've been forgiven of anything, the The little bitty things and the big, big things and everything in between. You know how you're forgiven when you give your life to Christ? Everything you've ever done wrong was forgiven. From stealing a piece of bubble gum to murder can be forgiven. That's amazing grace. How many of you understand that you have committed many sins? If you didn't raise your hand, just sit there with polish your halo. (laughs) You perfect little thing, you. You're just fooling yourself. And by the way, don't come back to Crossroads because this is a place for imperfect people. Forgiven people. I don't know what you've been forgiven about. I don't know what your list of sins are that God forgave you, how good, bad, and ugly they are. But I can tell you one thing. 
I know a good portion of my wife's list. No, I'm kidding. I meant mine. My list. Sorry. Sorry. I slipped. Hey, can we just agree? We've all got them. Would anybody want all of yours displayed on a board for us to look at today? If you've given your life to Christ, all of those are forgiven. We've done things that we're embarrassed by, that we're ashamed of. We've hurt other people. We've hurt ourselves. And if you gave your life to Christ, all those things are forgiven. And he says, I want you to forgive others like you've been forgiven. Totally. Completely. So what is forgiveness? It's giving to others. The very same thing that God, through his son Jesus, gave us. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine? We've received the greatest gift ever. Who are we to withhold that from another person? When we've received it, he says, the same way you've received it, I want you to pass it on to other people. But they don't deserve it. Neither did you. And neither did I. So what is forgiveness? It's offering them what Jesus offered us. That's the gospel story. Look at 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, some people, we even struggle to say sins, like in our culture today, is it even okay to say, you're a sinner? (gasps) We're all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all done wrong. That's why Jesus came. You know what sin is? If you look in the original language, it's an archery term. Sin is not just doing bad, bad, bad stuff. The definition of sin in an archery term is like if we drew a bullseye, a a, a target on the wall. You know how they got bigger rings and smaller and smaller and smaller? And the bullseye is your aiming point. And if we threw darts all day long, every time we miss the bullseye, whether we miss miss it by a quarter of an inch or we miss it and you miss the whole board, you've missed the mark. Sin isn't just the really bad stuff. It's everything that I've done and you've done that just missed the mark. It's not, not necessarily doing all the wrong things. It's, not even, it's just not doing things perfectly. That's why we're all sinners. That's, that's just a no-brainer. But he says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. God is. And he will what? He will purify us from all of our unrighteousness. You see, the gospel isn't just about receiving forgiveness, but it's also about giving forgiveness. Do you see that? It's a two-way street. It's not something I can just receive and tell you, hey, too bad. I'm not offering you what I got. It's giving that same grace to other people. You see, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us from God. It's also supposed to flow through us to other people. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. He says, if you've received my grace and my forgiveness, it's flowed to you. I want it to flow through you to other people, to you to forgive others like I've forgiven you. So my question to you is, yo, yo, how's your flow? Right? How's God's grace flowing through you? Not to you. If you've received Christ, you've been forgiven. But how's it flowing through you? How many are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? How many of you know that the Lord's Prayer wasn't necessarily something to be recited? It's about what, how to pray. What are some things that you should include in a prayer when you pray to God? Nothing wrong with reciting it, but it wasn't just to be recited. They were, he, the disciples said, the Lord teaches how, how, not what, how to pray. But I want you to listen to this, maybe with some new ears today. How does the Lord's Prayer go? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your 
name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, today, our daily bread, listen for it, and forgive us our trespasses, how? As we forgive those who trespass against us. The same way that you forgive my sins, I'm to forgive their sins. The same way your grace flowed to me, I need it to flow through me to them. That's your way, God. That's how I'm to forgive. That's how you're to forgive. How's your flow? How unfitting would it be for me to receive what I don't deserve and then hold against you what you did to me because you don't deserve to be forgiven? Neither did I. Now, why would God ask me to forgive? Why would he ask you to forgive? Does he not understand how bad I've been hurt? Does he not care what they did to me, what they said about me, how they lied about me, what it's done to me all these years? He does. And he tells you to forgive. And let me tell you, the person that lied about you, that hurt you, that betrayed you, forgiving them God's way may not set them free. They may not even be alive today. But forgiving them will set you free. And what I would ask on about that is, haven't you paid long enough for what someone did to you? The person you may despise the most, you're locked in a relationship with them, even if you've not talked to them or seen their face in years because of unforgiveness. They control you still to this day. Isn't that bizarre? Haven't you suffered long enough? That's why God would tell us to forgive. He, wa he wants to set us free. And what you won't hear me say is what I'm talking about today is easy. Because there's no part of this that's easy. You know what's easy? What's easy is to hold a grudge. What's easy is to hope they get theirs, but I don't want to get mine. What's easy is to tell all the people around me all the time how somebody hurt me years ago and to have them say, oh, that's horrible. That's what's easy. Gossip is easy. It's easy to rehearse it over and over and over and to convince yourself that's why I hate them so much. That's easy. Forgiveness is not easy. Easy is to remain bitter. Easy is to remain chained to them. It's like punching yourself in the face, hoping you hurt someone else. That's what unforgiveness is. Forgiveness is not easy. Which is exactly why, all the way back to where we started, the disciples after hearing seven times even in one day. And what did they say? Lord, increase our faith. 
what does faith do? Fill this in if you're taking notes. Faith enables me to see an opportunity for freedom where others only see an offense. That's what freedom does. That's what faith does. It allows me to see an opportunity for freedom where everybody else just sees the offense. Some of you have been trapped in looking at the offense for years and years and years and years and years. And God, I believe, brought us here together today to show you his grace can provide freedom. Faith empowers me. It, it doesn't mean that you feel gracious. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk out of here today and just feel like all your feelings have changed and I just had this feeling come over me and I just want to let go, let them go and forgive them. I just feel like I need to do that. Faith is about making a choice even if you don't feel like it. You see, a lot of times you have to act in faith and the feelings may take weeks or months or years to catch up if they come. Faith is trusting him more than trusting my instincts. In my flesh, when I forgive, I still may be angry. I still may feel betrayed. But the faith, by faith, I'm choosing to offer to them as a response to what God offered me, the same thing. And forgiveness can be a process. It may happen in a moment. It might happen over time. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. I don't want to be chained to them anymore. I don't want to withhold from them something that you didn't withhold from me. And on the other side of the offense, by faith, I believe there's something better than me holding a grudge. I want to talk for just a moment to those of you that are married, that your marriages may be struggling. It takes faith to forgive. It's not easy. It takes faith. There's some friends of ours that a few years ago had um, a significant event happen in their marriage. One spouse betrayed the other spouse. And biblically, they had grounds for divorce. And we talked about that, and there was a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, as you can only imagine. And we talked about their opportunities and their options. Where do you go from here? And he said, isn't adultery grounds for divorce? And the answer is yes. But it also opens up the grounds for forgiveness. Do you know what I find at the core of every good marriage, every strong marriage, every God-centered marriage? It's always a marriage that's made up of two real good forgivers. If you stay married long, if you're going to have a healthy marriage, you better learn to forgive because you will be hurt many times unintentionally. Sometimes it may be intentionally, but for the most part, we're just people. We're just self-centered, selfish people. And so self-centered, selfish people do a lot of sinning. So if you have two selfish, self-centered sinners living together, you're going to have some hurt. That's kind of a tongue twister. Say that fast a couple of times. And you know, one of the questions you don't ask about your spouse is, God, how much forgiveness do they deserve? 
better question is, is how much freedom do you desire? Forgiveness provides freedom. Making a list, keeping a list, creates bondage. What if today you looked at how you've been hurt and the person that hurt you and you said, I've paid for this long enough. I've been chained to this person, this event, for way too long. I don't want to go on this way. I don't want it to pollute my heart another day. I'm not going to let it poison my, my soul another day. Yeah, what they did was so wrong. What they said was so hurtful. It wasn't right. The abuse that I suffered, no one, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But by faith, as a recipient of God's grace and his forgiveness, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I'm not going to poison myself anymore. I'm going to exercise faith, and I'm going to trust God who is good, who loves, that has cast my sins as far as the east is from the west. Earlier, I shared two examples from my life of those who hurt me or hurt my family. I talked to you about my dad who walked out of my life, and I talked to you about my daughter who was hurt. For the person who hurt my daughter, you say, what's happened with him? They still haven't found his body. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm kidding. Fortunately or unfortunately, I've never run into him again. My wife has seen him. I haven't. But honestly, what I did is I chose to forgive because I was fearful of what I might do if I saw him, A, just being honest, and B, because I didn't want to be locked and chained to somebody and not offer them what I have been a recipient of. What about my dad? He never asked for my forgiveness. We talked a few times as an adult. I obviously had a grudge. I didn't have a clear understanding. I always blamed his new wife for keeping my dad away from me until I had kids of my own and I started to look and see there's not a woman on this planet that would ever keep me away from my kids. So then I started to get angry at him as a father for allowing whoever because it was him that made that choice no matter what his pressures were. And I thought, I need to reconcile with my dad. I don't know if he'll ever tell me he's sorry, but I need to forgive him. And then one day I received a phone call that my dad was out mowing his lawn. He lived in Alabama and he died of a heart attack. So I went to my dad's funeral. I stood in a little chapel just me and him, and I forgave my dad after the fact. Did that provide me some freedom? Sure. Would it have been the same as if I'd have had a face-to-face -face conversation and he could have given me his side of his story and he could have asked me for forgiveness and we could have built our relationship as two men from then on? I'm sure it's not the same.
but I'm glad I forgave him. I didn't want to withhold from my own dad what had been offered to me. So I made the choice to forgive my dad. Does it mean everything he did is fine? Did it did it not did that make it remove whatever it shaped me and however it shaped me? No. But I forgave. I got a little bit of freedom because I forgave. What about you? I know this is tough. I know for some of you, you've got all kinds of thoughts running through your head. But can I just encourage you that sometimes the best healing comes on the other side of pain? God didn't tell us to forgive because he hates us. Because he just says, ha, what they did was no big deal. Just get over it. That's not what he's saying. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. It doesn't change what he did. It doesn't change what she said. It doesn't change what they did. It doesn't change the betrayal. But it can change your soul. It can change your future. It can provide you freedom that you haven't had in a long, long time. And in your mind, they took that away from you. But in essence, you're still choosing it by choosing to not forgive. Forgiveness is offering to someone else the same thing that God gave you through his son, Jesus. Forgiveness of all. I pray you choose to forgive. I pray you choose freedom. I pray that you choose faith over feelings. Because God wants you to experience it. How's your flow? Would you bow your heads with me? God, thank you so much for today, for the challenge of your word. Oh, God, for the truth of it. God, it's my prayer today for myself as well as many others sitting here, listening, tuning in to increase our faith. God, I thank you for a church full of people who have been hurt, but that are also coming to a place where they trust you and they trust your word. And they trust that you have our best in mind. You didn't just say that you loved us, you proved it by coming. Born as a baby, grown up to be a man who was beaten and tortured for things that he didn't do. And he chose, and as he hung on that cross and shed his blood, he wasn't paying for what he did wrong. He was paying with his own bloodshed what you and I have done wrong. And that so whosoever would believe in him, put their faith in him, put their trust in him, and what he did on the cross and three days later defeated death by rising from the dead, that whoever puts their faith and trust in him 
he will give credit for his perfection because he's already taken our imperfections on himself. If you're up here as a believer, you're listening, you're watching at home, say, God, thank you for giving me what I didn't deserve. For forgiving me. And now, God, I pray by faith that you give me the courage to offer someone else that hurt me what they don't deserve, what they may or may not even be sorry for. I'm choosing to forgive so that I can be set free. Whether I feel it or not, I'm choosing by faith. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, can I tell you, today's your day. If you'll provide the sinner that you clearly are, because we're all sinners, God provides a Savior, His name is Jesus, who's not mad at you, He's mad about you. He didn't give you, He won't give you what you deserve if you will choose by faith to receive Him as Savior and Lord, which is how He forgives you, adopts you into His family. You see, God won't send you to hell. You have to choose to go there by refusing this amazing gift of grace and forgiveness. Who in their right mind would pass up the greatest gift ever? I believe no one would if they truly understand it. If that's you today and you're not sure you've ever given your heart and life to Jesus by faith, that your sin has all been forgiven, that you have received Him as Savior and Lord because you've asked with your own lips, and confess yourself as a sinner with your own lips. Make this your prayer. Say, God, I don't understand it all, but I understand that I'm a sinner, that you died for sinners, that you shed your blood, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day defeated death, so that all who trust in you, that receive you as Savior and Lord, will be adopted into your family. Their sins cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore. And the gift of eternal life lives in them the moment they receive you. God, I want that. I turn from my sins, Jesus. I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord. Come into my heart. Adopt me into your family. And from this day forward, I want to learn to love you like you love me. I want to choose to see others and forgive others like you've forgiven me. For what's flowed to me, I want to flow through me. And God, I trust you. Increase my faith. Set me free. We give you all the praise in your name. And everybody said, amen.